0: good evening everyone and as always welcome back to another exciting episode of red pill news live we've got a lot to discuss hurricane adelia has made landfall down here in southern florida i've got some reports from scenes of devastation varying degrees We expect the storm to come through our neck of the woods, perhaps in the middle of the night, maybe early tomorrow morning. Looks like it is going to calm down a bit by the time it gets to our side of the state, which I certainly appreciate. But keep everybody else in the eye of the storm in your prayers. We're also going to give you guys an update on the situation in Lahaina, in Maui. I also found a video shared by uh, a man named Russ, on Twitter, uh, which details the process I talked about previously, uh, about when I downloaded the Obama birth certificate from the White House website back, and I think it was 2011. Anyways, this industrious young man got it all on video, and I'm going to show you it because I think it's something everybody needs to see because I lived it. I saw it in real time, and it blew my mind. So we are also, of course, going to be discussing the private communications of one Robert L. Peters, nay, Joseph Robinette Biden. So sit back, relax and grab your popcorn. We're going to be right back after this. Did you know there are cheaper and more effective ways than Botox or microneedling to help you turn back time? Anti-aging pros agree there is some impressive science behind supplements that support your skin. For instance, one of the best ways to ensure your skin stays as healthy looking and youthful as possible has everything to do with collagen production. And that's why I highly recommend taking and using collagen as an everyday regimen. The brand I use comes with 10 grams per serving of supercharged collagen to support your skin's health and make it super easy to blend with your favorite drink of choice. This personal favorite provides five critically important types of collagen that help to improve skin elasticity, hydration, and a youthful glow. And that's why I believe the results are 100% worth the investment. Now, the best part is if you order collagen today using my referral link, you'll get 53% off. Plus, you're going to get several free bonuses with your order, including free shipping, free VIP live health and fitness coaching for life, a new e-report titled the 14 foods for amazing skin and a 60-day money-back guarantee. What's more is that a portion of each order goes towards helping feed hungry children in need through a partnership with NoHungryKids.org. Simply go to HealthWithRedPill.com. Once again, that's HealthWithRedPill.com or just click the more button below to find the link in the description. And when you support my sponsors, you support this channel. All right, welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Sincerely appreciate you being here with us on this fine Tuesday afternoon. Gosh, the days just seem to blend together. Hopefully you guys had an opportunity to join John and I last night on Baseless Conspiracies. It was kind of a wide-ranging series of topics that we spoke about, but I had a lot of fun, and uh, it it was a good show, I think. Um, Also, I wanted to say thank you to Just Duckies over there on Pilled.net for getting it started with a cookie. And uh, thank you very much to everybody who has supported the show recently and who continues to support the show into the future. Also, there was a donation on Ko-Fi, and I wanted to make sure that I gave a proper thank you for that one as well. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, just Frank followed me. Mermaid32526 supported me. And then uh, LightRay from a couple of days ago. I think I already thanked her, but either way, I wanted to make sure that I did. So, listen, as I was saying, uh, Hurricane Adelia, uh, it was initially, I believe they, they had it rated at a Category 4. Uh, it was down to a Category 3. Now I think it's down to a Category 2, which does sound like it's, uh, it, the intensity is lessening as it gets closer and closer uh, to the inland. But take a look from a couple of hours ago. Uh, here is some footage from space. Now, of course, uh, if you don't believe that space is real, just do me a favor, suspend that disbelief for a moment. Pretend that space is not fake and gay and that what you're looking at here is an actual visual representation of the size of this storm. Uh, Now, for those of you who believe in space and believe that this is a uh, a shot that is possible, feast your eyes upon this gigantic hurricane uh, just now beginning to make landfall. And uh, in Fort Myers Beach, the uh, the hurricane is not even there, uh, yet the storm surge has brought many feet of water into the streets. You can see here, uh, people are just, you know, driving straight through it. They've got business as usual that they need to go ahead and get taken care of. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, living down here in Florida, sometimes flooding is a way of life. Now, uh, this was particularly shocking to me. This is uh, what is a a modeling of the worst case scenario that could potentially arise uh, from the surge they're expecting in Cedar Key. As you can see here, uh, the entirety of Cedar Key is expected to be underwater and it goes quite far inland as well. Now, all of this here is a national wildlife refuge, so I think those animals will probably just move a little bit inland, perhaps up into trees, uh, and all of that water will eventually abate. But for the people who live in Cedar Key, uh, they're going to be in a, a really bad situation. So definitely for them, keep them in your prayers. I know in my area, there has been a mandatory evacuation issued for anyone living in a mobile home or in a manufactured home, uh, or if you're in something that uh, they think isn't going to be sturdy enough to withstand uh, however many uh, miles per hour, these winds are. I think that down here in Florida, they have to be rated to 150 miles an hour. Uh, so, uh, hopefully we don't see this happening here, but considering the amount of water that we saw with Hurricane Ian last year, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if we didn't have more uh, situations of massive flooding. Tam for Trump says, happy birthday Eve, Zach. Keep up the awesome job of reporting. I watch every day. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that, Tam. Uh means a lot to me, and thank you very much for uh, hanging out with us today. And uh, here actually is uh, some—what do they call this? This is like meteorological— uh, footage of the modeling of where they expect the storm to go, so you can see that you know it. Uh, the eye of the storm comes in over here in the uh, upper Gulf region, just below Tallahassee, uh, and then will remain a hurricane as it passes over Georgia. So over here in the Jacksonville area, we're going to be catching the, uh, the the kind of like you know tail end of the storm. But you know, there there can still be significant winds, there can still be significant rain, and uh, there can still be uh, it, it, people getting hurt. So I don't think that there's ever a good place to be when there's a hurricane. There's places I would rather be. Uh, I'll tell you that much. Uh, I think that our area over here, and you know, hopefully this isn't famous last words, but historically, we've, we live in an area that has never been badly damaged by hurricanes. And I hope to maintain that. Uh, As we go here into the future. So please keep everyone down here in Florida and in Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, anywhere that this hurricane is going to be passing through. Keep them in your prayers. Uh, And of course, we want to continue to pray for the people of Maui. Now, I had made kind of an offhanded comment the other day. Speaking specifically uh, in regards to some posts I saw on Reddit of people who were upset that they couldn't go or that they maybe they shouldn't go on their vacation uh, to Maui because of the fires. Um, and, and, and somebody just informed me, a viewer of the show that, uh, he and his family went to Maui. They were going for a vacation, but while they were there, they ended up, uh, doing some humanitarian work. Uh, obviously if you're planning to go to Maui and you're planning to help people out, I think that's great. I, I, for me personally, I, you know, don't take my advice guys. I'm just a a dude with a a microphone. You know, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable going to Maui personally. Uh unless I was specifically going to provide humanitarian aid. I, I just it would feel weird to me. It just, you know, vacations are supposed to be a time in my mind, okay, does maybe not in your mind, but in my mind, where you, you relax and you kind of let go of the stresses of everyday life. And you know, these people, what they're dealing with right now in Lahaina, it's it's an immeasurable amount of suffering. And it gets worse and worse by the day because the news that comes out of this area continues to just sink deeper and deeper into the abyss. Now, yesterday, we heard uh, a report or I heard a report later on in the day after I had finished my episode of RPN Live at 5 p.m. in regards to the Hawaiian Electric Company. Now, Recently, believe last week, the residents of Lahaina, people of Maui, they filed suit against the HEC because they said that likely they didn't shut the power off, which led to these wildfires. And even the government of Maui uh, earlier this week came out and said, "Hey, these fires were not caused by climate change; they were caused by downed power lines." Well, Hawaiian Electric Company is denying responsibility. They claim that all the power was shut off hours before the wildfire started. Now, according to them, they had some linemen there in Lahaina repairing some lines that had come down. And at that time, none of those wires had any electricity going through them. So you couldn't have electricity on one end and not have electricity on the other end. The whole thing was shut off. So it was impossible, according to them. For this fire to be started by them. Um, But they also say that while they were there, they actually witnessed a wildfire taking place some several hundred yards away, and uh, they called the fire department. And then the fire department arrived, and it was too late. So I don't know who to believe in this instance. I mean, if I have to be honest, I would say that it makes sense to me that uh, the electric company could have screwed up because they've done it before. A different electric company, PG&E, did it before in Paradise. Uh, And uh, it just, it doesn't seem like that big of a stretch of the imagination. It also doesn't seem like a stretch of the imagination for me that this same electric company, if they had screwed up, maybe might have a vested interest in lying about it. Because if they are successfully able to seed that narrative that they couldn't have started this fire, well, then they're released from all liability. I think, uh, as I've said a number of times over the last week or two, uh, I think we had a perfect confluence of events. We had uh, flammability based upon the release of uh, of, of metal uh, atomized particles into the atmosphere through geoengineering and chemtrail spraying. We had an overly dry season uh, with uh, with with low precipitation, uh, we had no one in the government clearing dead brush, clearing dead grass away. They left it there. It was the perfect source for ignition. And then, of course, you most likely had uh, individuals who were lighting fires and starting these fires on purpose. Uh, And then there are even more nefarious things that could possibly come into it, directed energy weapons. uh, We've talked at length about the situation with the police blockading the road, stopping the people from leaving, and those families dying in their cars. It's terrible. It's horrific. So for some reason, the Maui officials feel confident enough that they can put the blame on the shoulders of Hawaiian Electric. I mean, there were down power lines. We had reports of those down power lines. We know that they have caused fires in the past. Uh, but now, at this point, it's difficult to determine exactly where it began, right? Because, I mean, the fire spread everywhere. So the electric company wants to push off any possible negligence that they may be responsible for. Uh, and that's understandable from a business perspective. Obviously, they want to survive, and they don't want their business to go belly up. And more than anything, they also don't want to have to pay multimillion-dollar settlements to every single family who perished or who lost all of their worldly possessions. My one hope is that the government of Maui and the government of Hawaii stand with the residents of Lahaina. Don't allow them to have their property stolen. Don't allow them uh, to be barreled over by the insurance companies and, of course, by anyone responsible for causing these fires. Uh, It looks like uh, the Hawaiian Electric Company uh, provides 95% of the power for the island of Hawaii. I don't know what the other 5% is. That might be straight solar or something like that. Uh, but their source of delivery is almost ubiquitous all throughout the entire chain of islands. So if it was going to be caused by electricity, if they can prove that, I think it's going to be very difficult for HECO to say that it wasn't their fault. Now, uh, I also uh, showed you some videos this past weekend about, uh, from a man by the name of Jeff Cygnus. Jeff uh, is a resident of the area. Uh, He is a photographer, a videographer. He has taken some, you know, extremely powerful images, uh, both videos and photographs. And he's uh, uh, definitely out there reporting on the fact that they are putting up these privacy screens all around the entire neighborhood. Now, we've said here uh, the uh, official reason is so that particulates, dangerous toxins, don't Uh, blow away and I guess infect everything else. But I mean, come on, guys, there's not a dome over the top of this neighborhood. I I mean, if the wind wanted to, you know, I mean, it can pick it up and just carry it right over the top of that privacy screen. Uh, Now, the other thing that is really alarming is that Jeff has reported seeing what he calls special police. So these are police uh, a law enforcement agency of an unknown origin, uh, and they're standing guard, and they are stopping anyone who might come up and decide to go ahead and take a picture. So Jeff said that in his experience, you are not allowed to stop your car. You can't pull over. You can't fly a drone. You can't take a picture. You can't go anywhere near the site of this devastation. Uh, lest you be stopped by the people who are trying to stop the truth from getting out. So let's go ahead and check out this brief clip from uh, Mr. Cygnus.
1: Huge emphasis on ensuring that the media and anyone else can't see what's going on here in Lahaina, West Maui. There are miles and miles of this black fence going up that was not here before that is obscuring ground zero and making sure no one can see what's going on inside of there from the road. No one can get in there. No one can take any pictures. And then I've also seen these weird foreign police cars showing up, these special police, what I'm not sure what to call them. This is a Nissan, but there's quite a large presence of these standing guard around the perimeter. We've also lost our ability to fly drones really anywhere near this area. Now, this 20-second clip here that I, I tried to get out of my car and show what was going on, I was almost immediately, after these 20 seconds, National Guard came, chased me off, yelled at me, told me to get back in my car and keep moving. So you cannot pull over, you can't even stop your car anywhere near any of this anymore. Now, I'm going to show you a fairly long clip that shows just the how extensive the fencing is on the western side of the main highway here. And
0: I, I want to remind you that the people of Lahaina, who are still alive, uh, they were promised $700 a piece per household, which is a pittance. And yet the people who are residents of this area, who don't have homes, who don't have anywhere to go, who don't have any support from the federal government or from FEMA, for that matter, uh, they are essentially left twisting in the winds. They don't know who to call to get that money. They don't know where to go. They don't know who they can count on. The only thing that I believe they understand is that they can count on each other. And that's uh, what the the, the people of this area have really proven in uh, in this uh, horrible time of need.
1: There also is National Guard, regular police, and what I have dubbed special police, which are these police cars that are foreign made, uh, the people that are driving them are not, they don't look like any police I've ever seen in the United States. So kind of a bizarre situation, but they have all, they have a a huge presence standing guard, ensuring that nothing can be documented. You can't stop your car. You can't pull over. You can't fly a drone. You can't take a picture. You can't get in anywhere near any of this.
0: So I am most interested to know exactly who those quote special police are. Uh, Is it Possible? Is it reasonable to assume that the government of Hawaii, or perhaps the federal government of the United States, would hire a private security firm to come in and stand guard around the entire perimeter of Lahaina town? Uh, is it more likely that uh, a an unknown, previously unmentioned police force? A secret police force that actually is a part of the federal government. I mean, you take a look at these uh, the, these these you know socialist nations around the world and even you know nations that are supposed to be free, and they will often have a federal police force. and I think that a lot of people you know kind of perceive the FBI as the sort of equivalent. But take a look at Brazil. You've got the uh, the the Federalis uh, just like you do down in Mexico. Federal police, they're militarized. And they're deployed on special missin- missions such as this. Uh, Salty Zero says roads do act like natural barriers and make it much more difficult for the fire to continue to spread to more areas. No, absolutely it's true because there's nothing for the fire to burn on uh, as you get there.
1: Which is part of what makes the footage that I have – so unique. Now, I always make sure to point out that the footage that I have has been uploaded to the mainland to multiple people. They have the credentials to my social media. So if anything does happen to me, it's not going to prevent the story getting out.
0: Yes. uh, Somebody said uh, 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 Canadian police. I mean, is it? I don't know. uh, Police from a foreign country. But I mean, how odd would that be? Right. I mean, it's almost as weird to imagine a foreign occupying police force being present inside the borders of the United States of America, overseeing legal aspects of the American life, uh, as it is to imagine that the federal government would hire like mass numbers of private security guards to enforce what, in my opinion, is completely illegal. Salty also says, uh, I would also see if fire services used any retardants to protect areas to prevent spread. Retardants are red, pink in color, and stand the ground for days if not in contact with the fire. I actually looked for those, and I could not find any evidence of it. Uh, the closest thing that I saw was a helicopter, and it appeared to be just dropping a bag of water. Uh, I did not see any fire uh, uh, officials or, or any firemen or you know, any type of local people spraying that foam, because I've seen that before, and I it seems like that would have been something that they probably could have used. But from the get-go, their uh, their, their, uh, their MO has been that this fire just developed far too quickly and there was no way for them
1: to contain it. But the footage I have both uh, on the ground and uh, in, and drone, but particularly on the ground, is not going to be able to be reproduced with the amount of resources they have put into locking this area down. Now, I am working on another video now that's going to show side by side this same drive a week ago, so you guys can compare the, you know, what it's like now, and you can see just the amount of fencing, rocks, police, barricades, all of the effort they are putting into this. They are putting a lot of energy into it, uh, which is uh, which is kind of interesting. Uh, I'd be interested in, in hearing your thoughts on it now.
0: Well, and imagine this, if there is a foreign police force present in Lahaina and around Maui uh, enforcing American law, uh, I mean, it makes a lot of sense that the federal government and FEMA and, and the state government of uh, Hawaii would not want that information getting out. I- I'm surprised, I mean, it, it that nobody's been able to get a picture. I-, I wonder if people have attempted to get pictures or video of these private police forces Uh, And nobody has been allowed to keep those photos. And of course, because there's no reliable cell service or Internet service on the island, it's not like you can take a photo, upload it really quickly uh, and then, you know, just pretend to delete it from your device.
1: I also want to point out that the reason I've been able to keep cranking out these videos and ignoring my, not ignoring, but somewhat neglecting my normal job, my my income from my normal job pretty much went away weeks ago when I started all this, the reason I've been able to do that is because I recently put my Zelle in the bio of TikTok, X, and YouTube, and I've had a handful of everyday people making small donations via Zelle, and that has made a huge difference with allowing me to neglect my normal job. And I I love my normal job, but if I can focus right now on resisting the attack on freedom and resisting the attack on the First Amendment and getting as much of this information out to you guys as quickly as possible, that is absolutely what I want to do and that is absolutely what I will do. So thank you so much to everybody who has supported me in that way. Uh, You're making a big difference, so thank you for that. And also to all of the people who have kept this story alive by subscribing, by following, by liking, by sharing, by commenting. All of these things have a big impact on the... All
0: right. As I did the other day, I'm going to go ahead and share the link to this tweet so that if you're on Twitter and uh, you want, you can follow Jeff or you can share his stuff. I mean, he's, he hasn't put a video out in a couple of days, um, but uh, I think that uh, he's hes well worth a follow. Now, let's go ahead and do a little bit of a live dive and see if we can find this Maui Foreign Police Lahaina. Let's see if anybody has any photos. No, these are... This is just regular Maui police. Hmm. Yeah, none of these look like those Nissans that... He got the footage of. Um, Let's see. Lahaina. Security. So obviously the National Guard are there, but the National Guard would not be dressed up like some sort of foreign police outfit. Um, And they would be wearing their standard gear, right? I can't think of any reason. Well, let me let me just put this out there. If you guys have the uh, ability, you come across any photographs of these uh, these apparent foreign police forces in Lahaina, uh, if you could please get me a copy or send me a link or do uh, honestly do a screenshot Because there have been a couple of times over the last uh, two weeks where people have sent me someplace, and by the time I get there, it's already been deleted. So if you can screenshot it on your phone and send me the link, it would be so incredibly helpful. So thank you very much uh, to everybody. But uh, they are apparently calling this uh, black barrier the Biden curtain because, of course— just like the Biden crime family, you're not allowed to know the truth. You're not allowed to see behind that curtain. Now, this is an update to a story I brought you very early on in the first days after this fire raged through Lahaina. Residents of Maui and this area began to receive eviction notices from their landlords. Now, we know that in the lead-up to this fire, there was a lot of discussion about 15-minute cities and how this Lahaina area of Maui was going to be the the crown jewel in the WEF's plan uh, of how they were going to bring this country into the future. Uh, And it seems to be far too convenient that this fire raged, it destroyed all of these native artifacts, all these native kingdom of Hawaii, uh, pieces of, uh, of, of, of just, you know, culture and history, uh, the, uh, the, the last vestiges of what allowed them to cling to that culture that wasn't being passed down hand to mouth. And then, of course, you have all of these uh, these old houses and these businesses that refused to sell to developers. So now, in addition to the insurance companies refusing to pay out to some of these residents, uh, in addition to the federal government completely abandoning them, uh, in addition to the state government of Hawaii talking about appropriating land from people, uh, if you are lucky enough to have a place to live, some landlords, it looks like, are telling people to get out. And, of course, right now we have what is essentially a housing emergency in the wake of these devastating fires, not only do we have thousands missing thousands of children's likely missing, we have so many residents facing the inability to find some place to call home every single night. They're left out there twisting in the wind, completely dependent upon the kindness of their neighbors, of strangers, of perhaps those who are in a position to be able to help out so. Jesse Waters uh has also now reported on this. And I have to say, you know, whatever you whatever you feel about Fox News, when we're on a story that is being reported on by us a week and a half before Fox News gets to it, that makes me feel good because it lets me know that we have our pulse on the finger of what's happening. We are the ones who are truly tracking what's happening in this world. And by the time it gets to Fox News, all of those people who only watch Fox News, they have no idea. Maybe they heard uh, you know, a, 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 a comment here. Maybe one of your family members said something to somebody. Maybe they saw a tweet and they kind of just blew it off. But for some people, it takes Jesse Waters saying this for them to really get it through their head, to allow it to sink in. So the people of Maui are are frustrated. Uh, They are now facing a wave of evictions in the the wake of these horrible fires. Uh, It looks like the landlords are now going to be selling out to these property developers. And so the people who live in these houses uh, are just completely SOL. Uh, And this is on top again of this emergency housing shortage that we have happening right now. There was actually... An emergency housing proclamation, ironically enough, that was just signed by the governor of Hawaii three weeks before the fire that completely destroyed Lahaina. So the people of Lahaina and the people of Maui in general are now asking the question, who do you represent? Does the state government of Hawaii, do they represent the people of this state or do they represent developers? Do they represent special interest? And I think we know the answer to that question. I think the answer has been obvious to us for a very long time. And it breaks my heart that these people have to go through an experience like this to fully realize exactly what's at stake. It's not just your home. It's not just your land. I mean, it is your freedom. It is your liberty. And it's being robbed from you. And for some of these people, they never believed this would happen to them in their life. They never thought the government would turn on them in the way that they have, but they have. And I don't hear the governor of Hawaii going after landlords for evicting people in the wake of a devastating fire that left thousands of children missing still, Uh, but the Maui City Council... Uh, said, we've been receiving call after call of people who are being asked to be evicted by their landlords, people who are being displaced during a time of emergency when their house was like the only house standing in their neighborhood. Isn't that convenient? So they were able to survive the fire. Uh, their house didn't burn, but it's a rental. And the landlord, knowing that he can sell all of those empty lots. Also wants to sell your lot, which means that you're going to have to find a new place to live. Good luck remaining in Hawaii. This is uh, essentially the lowest, the lowest of the low. When these developers and these, uh, these robber barons come in and they just scoop up the property straight out from underneath people. And uh, Josh Green, what did he say in this press release? Uh, the emergency proclamation relating to housing signed by Governor Green on July 17th, 2023, aims to streamline the development process and empower developers and stakeholders to contribute to the creation of more housing opportunities. The emergency proclamation reflects extensive input from state and county agencies, but not people, that provided details on process maps, application checklists, common areas of approval delays, and recommended touch points for engagement. So what does this mean? Well, this was a plan that was put in place before the fires even erupted, which would essentially streamline the process, allowing for developers to put in high-rise apartments, multi-unit dwellings, uh, you know, your single lot. Uh, Hey, we could just build straight up for 10 stories, and we'd have enough room for, I don't know, 50 families. I don't know how many people they're going to stack in there, but, you know, this is this is not good for people, you know? I mean, uh, the psychological damage that's being done uh, is disgusting enough, but it's quite clear that it's like the governor and the developers of this area were aware that they might have an opportunity before very long, Uh Listen to this. One of the locals says uh, they're suspicious, just as suspicious as we are. To my knowledge, this was the first emergency proclamation in the country that didn't have a preceding incident. And this was just, from my knowledge, just to streamline development on Maui, and it's allocated all decision-making power to one person. The housing officer of the governor, whose name is Nanny Medeiros, who is unelected, who can trump every single thing that you do, they're meeting with developers. They're meeting with private landowners. So Josh Green said, I'm already thinking of ways for the state to acquire that land so we can put it into workforce housing, to put it back into families, to make it open spaces in perpetuity as a memorial to the people who were lost. Uh, You can bet that whoever Josh Green makes sure develops that land, they're going to be paying a hefty kickback to the state government in Maui. And uh, the people who are going to get left behind are the residents of Lahaina, the ones who are still lucky enough to be alive. And if they were lucky enough to have their house survive, likely they're not going to have it much longer. All right, guys, before we transition into another story, I wanted to play you that video of Barack Obama's birth certificate. Now, let me take you back in time to 2011, I think it was, or maybe it was 2012. I can't remember exactly. No, yeah, April 25th, 2011, right here, when the White House at WhiteHouse.gov released the official long-form birth certificate of Barack Obama. I had heard the argument from Alex Jones and even Donald Trump talking about the birth certificate. And at that time, I thought, you know, this can't be real, right? I mean, they must have checked to ensure that whoever is running for president of the United States was actually a United States citizen, that the name that they use is their legal name that they were born with or that there is some paperwork trail that you can follow to determine exactly who they are. Well, come to find out Barack Obama's social security number is also tied to a dead guy in Connecticut. Isn't that odd? That's just really weird. So when the birth certificate was announced, I said to myself, hey, this is, this is going to be an opportunity to shut down all the naysayers, right? This is where the White House provides us with this document showing that Barack Obama— was actually who he said he was, and everybody is going to get over it and move on. So the first thing I did, within minutes of this birth certificate being released at whitehouse.gov, I downloaded it myself. And I opened it up in Photoshop because, you know, as a uh, uh, a web developer, I would frequently use Photoshop to check out the authenticity of documents, uh, of of images. And so I opened it up, in Photoshop, and wouldn't you know it, besides the fact that it's clearly a copy of at least one other document, let me actually show you this, do you guys see how the line goes straight across, and then there is this lift right here, in the upper left hand corner, you can see a shadow, that's because this document would have been taken from like a book, and then copied onto this official birth certificate paper. Now, that I mean, all it shows you is that this is at least, at the very least, a composite document. But when you start looking at some of the artifacts, when you start looking at some of the numbers, it really doesn't add up. And then when I disconnected the layers to find that there were subgroups and then subgroup layers within those additional subgroups, you could take a piece of this birth certificate and move it around and you you could manipulate it in a lot of different ways. So let's take a look because this young man goes through and does exactly that. So here we have Barack Obama's long form birth certificate. And over here on the toolbar, we have this layer toolbar if this birth certificate was actually scanned, it should
2: only exist in one layer. One so let's layer. Let's go over to the layer palette here. And we expand layer one. Oh, it looks like we have a sub-layer here. What's that all about? And it looks like if we expand this carrot here... Let's go
0: down into uh, some of the layers that are contained inside of this clip group. There are... There's no fewer... There's no fewer uh, than dozens of different elements that were put together to make this document. It is, in my opinion, uh, one of the most obvious, uh, one of the most ostentatious attempts by the federal government to pull a PSYOP over on the American people. When I saw all of these layers opening up, I thought to myself— There's no way they could have done this on accident. Like, it's a rookie move. When you, in Photoshop, are producing a document, and you have all of these different layers that go together, uh, you will flatten that document so that it will appear to be a single sheet, which would mean that you had potentially scanned it from an official source. There shouldn't be these individual layers. Look at that. They can actually turn off the stamp. That shouldn't be. That's not something you would normally see. Uh, you also shouldn't be able to turn off any one of the letters or the numbers. There are letters and numbers that are duplicated. You can also see the erasure marks from where they went through on this original birth certificate and just cleaned it up. Uh, and then I mentioned the artifacts. Uh, There will be artifacts uh, that are created by uh, color being added or subtracted. You can also see a variance in the darkness of the letters, probably because it came from uh, several different documents to create the one. So I just thought that that was uh, uh, an excellent example because I've been wanting to show that on screen for such a long time. So... Let me go ahead and drop that into the chat here for you as well, guys. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Spike says, I taught myself how to use Photoshop editing software a few years ago for fun, and using layers was one of the first things I learned. Exactly. That's why I say they must have done this on purpose because it's – I think that, first of all, it's so obvious Barack Obama is a CIA agent. Like he was raised in a CIA family. Uh, He was put in power – to further uh, the, uh, the, the the power base of the Central Intelligence Agency, and as the kind of puppet master behind the scenes during the Joe Biden regime, he's continued to do that. Uh, Barack Obama got elected, and then right after that, CIA agents started getting elected to different offices all around the country. Uh, that was something you, that was completely unheard of. Uh, I mean, you just, you, CIA agents didn't go out and run for elected government. That was not normal. Uh, and, uh, and Barack Obama empowered that because he put the CIA into a position of real dominance here in America, even more than it was before. So I think that they knew exactly what they were doing. They knew that by leaving those layers unflattened, people like us would find it, and then we would talk about it. And then they would just be able to call us crazy conspiracy theorists because they own the media. Well, Guess what? Barack and the Deep State, we are the news now. And the mainstream media, ABC, CNN, NBC, MSNBC, all of these various mainstream media channels, Fox News, their time is done. Because although the internet has been a profound, damaging influence on humanity in general, it's also been a fairly powerful tool to help people like us spread truth, spread knowledge, and educate people who are yet to wake up. All right, you guys, uh, real quickly before we continue with the rest of the show, I must say thank you very much to the sponsors of the uh, second half of the program. Uh, If you saw the uh, interview that I did the other day with my friends at C60, uh, c60 c60.com. Forward slash red pill 78. Uh sh- oh, why is that not working? Hold on just a second, let me get this pulled up here properly. Mm. It's c60evo.com forward slash red pill 78. So, this is the correct website. Um, when you Go to c60evo.com forward slash redpill78. You can get a special deal over and above uh, the special pricing they have for you already. You'll get an additional 10% off if you use code redpill78. Um, There is some incredible research behind this stuff. And the reason that I said, you know, I, I jumped at the possibility of having them on here as a sponsor is specifically because of that research. I'm a fairly analytical person. I enjoy the fanciful Uh, But more than anything, I appreciate that which we can verify, specifically through scientific methods. So I highly suggest you check out the interview that I did this past week uh, with uh, my friends from C60 Evo. Check out the website, c60evo.com forward slash Red Pill 78 Save 10% off every single order every single time you buy. And if you buy the bundles, you're going to get a discount, and then you're going to get another discount on top of it when you use my special code. Now, also, my friends at onenessdrops.com, where you can purchase your chlorine dioxide water purification kits. We are likely going to be losing power in the next 24 hours uh, when we do. Luckily, I have a backup battery system for my computer and for the streaming software. uh, But I also have a generator that will be able to continuously push power into that and, of course, the portable air conditioner we have in the house. But the one thing we cannot do is if... The power goes down at the water processing plant. We cannot reliably drink that water that's coming out of the tap. However, when I use chlorine dioxide to purify water... I have no issues because I know that it's going to kill pathogens. I know that it's going to kill a whole bunch of different types of creepy crawlies. And there are many additional health benefits from taking chlorine dioxide, which, of course, I've spoken about on many different occasions in the past. If you have any questions about that stuff, you can always send me an email and I'll be happy to send you on to the places that I trust uh, where I can do, uh, where I've done research in the past. But if you go to onenessdrops.com and you use code RP78. You'll save 15% off your order every single time. Obviously, when you support C60 Evo or onenessdrops.com, you are going to be directly supporting the show because it lets them know that you found out about them here on my program. And then, of course, we also have my friends at Prepare with redpill78.com. That's my special link at my patriot supply. And right now, you can save $200 off a three month supply of emergency food, over 2,000 calories a day with just dozens of different varieties of food and over 25 year shelf life. Uh, also, if um, I was unable to go to the grocery store as a result of power or you know, some other catastrophe taking place, uh, I have a, a year's worth of food that I can pull down at a moment's notice. So, prepare with redpill78.com. And then finally, our good friend Mike Lindell at mypillow.com. When you use code RP78 at mypillow.com, you can save up to 80% off every single one of Mike's incredible products, whether it's the MyPillow 2.0, the mattress topper, the Giza Dream sheets, the bath towels, the beach towels, the slippers, the bathrobes, everything. Use code RP78, save at mypillow.com. Support Mike Lindell, his efforts to bring about election integrity here in America, and of course, my efforts. To bring you quality news and entertainment on an almost daily basis. So, thank you very much for indulging me, guys. I sincerely appreciate you hanging out with us. If you wouldn't mind, uh, please click that like button. If you're over there on Rumble, uh, we've got just about 2,500 people here with 266 likes. It would be, it would mean a lot. Oh my gosh, Rumble Pilgrim! I I got you I got the book today. Check it out. Okay, so this is a gift from Rumble Pilgrim for my birthday. Thank you for reminding me. Taking Back Trump's America... Why We Lost the White House, and How We'll Win It Back by Peter Navarro. This is an autographed copy. I am a big fan of Peter Navarro. I appreciate you so much, Rumble Pilgrim. Thank you very, very much for sending this. Uh, You said, did you get the Navarro book yesterday? Book will give you topics, questions. Gave Peter your proton mail on his Substack, Get Air and Rumble. Told him about Badlands 2. He needs money for legal fees. I reached out to my good friend, um, um, Garrett Ziegler, who worked with Peter Navarro. At the White House. And he said that uh, he can he's going to get me in touch with uh, with Peter and he's going to help me get an interview. Now, he has a trial that's going to be starting very soon. He said likely Peter's going to have to wait until after that trial, which is kind of a bummer. I was hoping to do it before. But either way, I will definitely read the book and I will definitely take copious notes because Peter Navarro is uh, one of the brilliant minds of the 21st century. And I I need to make sure that I am up to snuff uh, when I am actually um, interviewing him. And then thank you so much to – and I'm going to make sure I uh, – to, to. oh, yeah, it's D OK, I wanted to make sure that you didn't have like a screen name in there. But D sent me this very, very cute card. She also sent me a couple of $2 bills. And these beautiful renditions of uh, what I believe are native Florida fruits, which you can find down here, a red pineapple. Never heard of one of those, but I'm going to check it out. Crimson passion flower. And then, of course, the sweet orange tree. So thank you very, very much. I really appreciate that. And Okay. And so thank you for supporting the program. Thank you for uh, sending me those kind birthday gifts and the birthday wishes. I really, uh, really do appreciate it. All right. So I meant to discuss this yesterday, but I just never was able to get to it because we had so many other things going on. But... Volodymyr Zelensky, the uh, president of the war-torn nation of Ukraine, uh, looking to gain entrance into NATO so that he can basically tell Russia to go pound sand and force the entire world into World War III, Um, he was intimating recently that he might not hold elections coming up. Because, of course, elections take time, resources, money— And uh, I suppose the will uh, to represent the people and none of these things, in my opinion, does Zelensky possess at this time. He said that there would be one condition under which he would hold elections, and that's if we pay for it. Yeah, that's right. If the U.S. taxpayers are willing to fund Zelensky's specific brand of of, uh, democracy, if you will. Uh, then he's going to go ahead and do it. Oh, and at the same time, he's, he's going to crack down on corruption. Uh, didn't get a chance to talk about this either, but a whole bunch of Zelensky's top staff and cabinet members were just accused of stealing something like $62.5 million uh, from aid funds that were sent to the people of Ukraine, which were meant to be used for humanitarian efforts. Now, of course, this is Ukraine. This is one of the most corrupt nations on planet Earth, which is why the Biden crime family did so much business there. Now, I have to believe that Zelensky's demand of the U.S. paying for this, this this has got to have a direct connection to his knowledge of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden's specific crimes in that nation. I think that as as much as the ukraine is controlled by victoria newland and the cia and you know all of these nato aligned countries ukraine has got the rest of the world by the balls so to speak because they know just how much corrupt activity is taking place there and if they decided to ruin any one person's career i think they could do it pretty easily I mean, we've already had Viktor Shokin and others that have been the victim of this type of corruption coming forward and speaking out. Uh, how powerful do you think it would be if the president of Ukraine also came out and said something much much the same? And yes, Milo, Zelensky ran on the promise of peace. Zelensky said, hey, when I'm elected, I will make peace with Russia and everything will be right in the world. Obviously, the eastern portion of ukraine the donbass and luhansk uh they have been semi autonomous since the maidan revolution back in 2014 but but the rest of ukraine the western portion of ukraine was not willing to accept it they wanted to make that portion of ukraine part of the proper nation again they they could not uh, allow them to be autonomous of course it also drove a wedge directly between Ukraine and Russia. So it was a tactical disadvantage for the western portion of Ukraine, which was, again, controlled by NATO-aligned forces. So Volodymyr Zelensky gets elected in a landslide. He comes into power, and he just basically proceeds to pummel the Donbass, the people of that breakaway region, Uh, sending missiles into schools, death, destruction, dismemberment. And uh, I think that the reason that happened is because Volodymyr Zelensky was forced to go that route uh, as a result of that CIA Western meddling uh, that uh, is so prevalent in Ukraine. Now, you can't have a peace-loving, uh, Anti corruption government coming in to the single greatest crown jewel in your criminal enterprise. Can you? I mean, there are so many people who would have not benefited from Zelensky doing the right thing for all of the people of this region, making peace with the Russians. You just could not do that. So they told Zelensky, I think, in no uncertain terms hey, you can do as much blow as you want. You can have sex with as many hookers as you want. You can take as much money as you want, but just don't touch our peace. So listen to this. He says, Zelensky says, I would not like to fantasize that we would live without elections for three, five, seven years. That sounds like a threat to me. I don't want the perception that the government clings to power. I don't cling to anything. I would like to hold elections. Elections are possible if the. US and EU are ready to provide us with another five billion Rivna, which is 135 million dollars because we need to organize presidential elections in this country. I would not take this money from the defense budget. So the implication being that all of the money that Ukraine has at its disposal is going towards the defense militarily of this nation. And as a result, the only way that they could possibly have elections is if the good people of the United States of America, because a hundred billion effing dollars wasn't enough. So in May and June, uh, he had a different tune. He said that the elections in Ukraine would only be possible when hostilities were over. Now, I think at that time, he assumed that NATO was going to admit him and that the war would end as a result. Either we would have mutually assured destruction between the East and the West, or Russia would just simply back off because they wouldn't want to take on a dog that big. But Zelensky's apparent change of heart Came after the visit of a bipartisan designate, a bipartisan delegation of American lawmakers. Guess what? Led by the influential Republican Senator Lindsey Graham on August twenty third. So Graham and his Democrat counterparts from the Uniparty, uh, Senators Richard Blumenthal and Elizabeth Warren, uh, the uh, champion of the people, Pocahontas, they met Zelensky in Kiev and they made it clear to him that he really should hold presidential elections in 2024. Uh, So he said, this is Lindsey Graham, trying to see if I can do my best, Lindsey Graham. We need an election in Ukraine. I can't really do it. We need an election in Ukraine next year. I want to see this country have a free and fair election, even while it is under assault. Graham told reporters during a briefing in Kiev. He also said that the Ukraine has changed because in the past it was a very corrupt country. But now Ukrainians are not profiting from USAID. Are you serious? Are you freaking serious? Now, I'm not the only person who thinks that Ukraine is massively, massively profiting off of USAID. And, of course, there are certain individuals inside Ukraine that are massively benefiting from the ongoing war with Russia. Now, the CIA itself has estimated that Zelensky and his close inner circle, his entourage, if you will, has embezzled at least $400 million from USAID in 2022 alone, all right? And he's he's been there for a couple of years. So there was ample opportunity for Zelensky to steal a lot more money than that. I wonder if that even includes that $62.5 million that they just uh, told on uh, about very recently. You know, Ukraine, at the end of the day, is one of the most corrupt nations on planet Earth. It's one of the most corrupt in Europe. Uh, it's at the bottom globally in terms of financial opportunity. Uh, if you are a Ukrainian citizen, you know, y- your, your life is not going to be very good. Uh, political officials there police um it, everybody has their hand out ready to receive a bribe it's like china you know and what's really unfortunate is that this manner of business appears to be the go to uh, when you leave when you go anywhere on planet earth and if you don't believe that people public officials have their hands out here in america then you haven't been paying attention Uh, the people who are in charge are corrupt and they are criminal. (laughs) WS 84. I love you, Zach. Don't do that imitation again. (laughs) I couldn't get it right. You're, you're correct. You're right. I I won't do it again. All right. Um, real quick. uh, I have this, uh, video of a nurse in Flint. No, I'm sorry. A nurse down here in Florida And she's talking about a conversation that she had with her boss, uh, a hospital administrator. Now, this is being presented um, at – it's being presented as a new video, but it may be from before. I'm not certain exactly because I don't have this woman's account. And and if anybody wants to check official We the People, it looks like it was already taken – uh, from somebody else. Um, but, uh, okay, I was, there's only a couple of thank yous on Foxhole. So we'll just go right into this video.
3: I work for a large hospital system in Broward County, Florida, on the anesthesia team. Last night, the house nurse manager came to my department and told us that we must prepare for a COVID crisis That's going to start next week and they're going, the hospital will be taking part of our recovery unit, anesthesia recovery unit to house COVID patients and that we should, that we cannot allow surgical patients' families to come visit them, which we do pre and post surgery, pre and post anesthesia. And I looked at her and I said, How do you know we're going, you're going to need our, our rooms, our bays? And how do you know there's going to be a crisis next week? She tilted down her glasses. She looked at me and she said, You know what's going on by now. So
0: that right there is what leads me to believe that, yeah, this is a new video. What's interesting is that I seem to remember from before, uh, there were a couple of different videos of healthcare professionals, nurses that came out before everything kind of went crazy. Uh, and uh, and they were intimating that perhaps things were not as they seemed. But the fact that she says, you know, you know what's up by now That means that this has been going on for some time, and it's quite clear that they want to bring COVID back. COVID-2023, I saw two morons with masks on at the store earlier today. Couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. One of them was young. One of them was old. So it's up to us here in the middle, guys, uh, to bring sense and sensibility and intelligence back to America. Let's just finish this up. This is an old video. Okay, it is an old video. Saw this years ago. Okay, all right. Well, thank you very much uh, for for letting me know. But I thought that if it was new, then it would be totally worthwhile to go ahead and play. It's from last COVID. (laughs) Oh, man. All right, so now we know. Thank you very much. I was certain that you in the chat could help me figure out exactly where it came from. So this is a story that I wanted to report on yesterday, and we just ran out of time. It brings such joy to my heart. Because this, my friends, is the literal personification of F around and find out. Uh, t- t- <laughs> yes, oh, Esther. Oh, she says, only two, Zach. Try Glendale, California. So many COVIDians here.
1: <laughs>
0: mm. It's a shame, really. You know, I wish, I wish that people... I wish that everybody would just wake up. You know, John said last night on Baseless Conspiracies that his normie friends don't like the term normie. Um, But I feel like it's so totally appropriate. You know, like if you're not aware of what's going on, you know, you have just a normal affect. You are, you know, you're what exactly what they want you to be. But when you're you're based and red-pilled, when you are awake... And aware, not woke, there is something else that happens. I mean, I don't feel particularly normal by comparison to traditional standards. Uh, But certainly, as far as I'm concerned, I'm exactly the way I want to be. And that's the only thing that matters. You know, I am living the life on the path that God put me on. And I'm going to continue to do that. Uh, And nobody— Administrators or bureaucrats or politicians are going to force me to do anything but. And I sincerely hope that this time around, every single one of you refuses to comply. I will not put a mask back on. I will not be forced to stand at any distance from anybody. Uh, I'm not going to be engaging in these ridiculous and useless tactics Uh, as perpetrated and uh, dictated by the government, either federal or state. Luckily, down here in Florida, state government has already clued us into the fact that they're not going to be playing this game. But please, I implore you, do not comply. Whatever state you live in, this is the way that we can break out of this programming is for enough of us to stand up and say, hell no, we're not going to allow this to happen again. We must not allow this to happen again. Uh thank you very much for the people uh suggesting that it's my birthday tomorrow. I appreciate it. Thank you very very much uh, okay and uh here let me let me take you through this image right here. So what you're seeing is that there was a roadblock that was set up by some climate advocates, the same types of useless idiots, bottom feeders that glue their hands to priceless works of art that dump oil all over. Uh, just beautiful pieces of, uh, of of culture and relevance. And uh, they set themselves up on this road in Nevada. Uh, it was, I guess, Burning Man is going on right now. And so they had blocked off the road. They were stopping people from going through. Well, Nevada Rangers showed up and uh, they just rammed right through that blockade. And then they went about the arduous task of uh, putting these people into handcuffs. I thought it was brilliant. I, I loved seeing it. Uh, but of course, the left and the snowflakes are not happy about it. Here we go. Take a look. Like, get out of the way. Move, 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 move. Boom. And look at that. They've got. <laughs> she thought they wouldn't do it. Did anyone get that? Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. We got it, sweetheart. We got it. <laughs> Then you got this broad over here on the left, just crying her full head off. Hands up, don't shoot! Nobody's got their gun on you.
3: Stop resisting! resisting.
0: (laughs) Okay, so, uh, long story short, the Nevada Tribal Rangers, uh, who mowed down this barricade and then pointed their guns at activists, slammed them to the ground, Uh, they are now in a a bit of a pickle. Now, I'm not certain if they are employed by the tribal nation that uh, occupies these lands or if they're actually employed by the state of Nevada, but uh, looks like the Pyramid Lake Paiute tribe, okay, it looks like they are employed by the Paiutes. Uh, they released a statement confirming that these climate militants were all from out of state and they've got to look into the conduct of these rangers. I, I would hope that at the end of the day, uh, they're, they're going to find that they did nothing wrong. I mean, they were doing their job. I remember a time when I was a young man where if if you dared to not do what a police officer told you to do, you could be relatively certain that. You were going to F around and find out. So they said that at approximately 1 p.m. Pacific time, Pyramid Lake Paiute tribal rangers were dispatched to State Route 447, mile marker 34, on the Pyramid Lake Paiute Indian Reservation, a sovereign nation. So these people were not even citizens <laughs> of this sovereign tribal land. They were United States citizens. They were occupying and blocking a road from Native people. Can you imagine the white privilege that would be required to think that it's okay for you to come in and block off the land of a Native Indian tribe because you're upset about somebody else drilling or mining or something like that salty zero says from what i learned about covid masks and more from you and others allowed me to bury two acquaintances recently with info i saw the wheel spinning and saw them critically think it was great to see man i am so glad to hear that i think that we're going to have more stories like that uh, as we get closer to covid 2.0 covid 2023 Uh, Because people have begun to think critically about these things. People are simply not allowing the government to just have their way with your brain. All right. And thank you so much for uh, allowing me to help you wake people up. I think that it's a a wonderful thing. So upon the arrival, rangers informed the activists to clear themselves from the highway, uh, which backed up traffic for several miles One ranger used his patrol vehicle to move the blockade debris out of the roadway to allow Burning Man traffic to proceed. And then the ranger that did that, he is now under review. The five activists were involved. Two of them were from New York. One of them was from Washington. One of them was from California. One from the country of Malta. All of them were cited and released. And one activist refused any medical treatment by EMS. Got to love it. Got to love it. Uh, and I have to ask, uh, would that have happened differently if it was a state agency rather than a tribal agency? I mean, we're talking about sovereign land here. So uh, they the the uh, the Indian reservation there, they may have just had enough of this senseless idiocy. Um, OK, and thank you very much. For following me on Ko-Fi. If you guys want to donate on Ko-Fi, you can. It's co-fi.com forward slash redpill78. Of course, there's still the cash app. It's at Zach Payne, Z-A-K-P-A-I-N-E. Now, uh, this is a particularly disturbing story to me because, uh, as I've said many different times in the past, I think that South Africa uh, is an excellent microcosm of what could really go wrong here in America. Now, of course, we never, you know, it's been hundreds of years since slavery existed in the United States. It wasn't a universal practice. It wasn't practiced in uh, a, a number of states ever. But of course, today, the, the, effects of slavery and the fact that it existed at all, that's what's being used against people uh, because it fuels this racial animus between whites and blacks. You know, and I, I don't think that anybody out there is really buying into it anymore. I see a lot more black people who have kind of woken up from the shackles of that brain control programming uh, and they recognize who is the enemy here. You know, I saw this incredible video. Let me actually uh, – do I have a cop? Do I have this one? Yes. Let me play this for you before we get into the South African news because it's, it's, it's horrible. You know, they're basically – we have black people murdering white people. We have the black South Africans murdering the white Boers. And uh, the Boers have not been in power for many decades. And they essentially allowed the black South Africans to take all the positions of power. Uh, they, ascend- they, they immediately squandered that opportunity. It became a very corrupt nation. Uh, city services, uh, government services decreased to nearly zero. And uh, I think that it was a, a test of what they could potentially make happen here in America. And thank God we've got people like this man right here speaking truth to power.
2: Somebody sent me something the other day. One of my friends all worked up, screaming and hollering, talking about the Trumpers are getting ready to start a civil war. And he's been circulating this stuff all over the place. Let me say this to you. He's worried about the Trumpers coming after black people. Ain't nowhere in the hell white folks are worried about your ass at all. Because we as a people in the United States are no threat to the white establishment. We're no threat to the good old boys. We are no threat to the old farms and the family uh, heritage that they've received. No threat. So if the Trumpers are after anybody, they're after the people that they think are taking that away from them. Yeah. And it is not you, black people. So don't get yourself all worked up and all into some damn frenzy because the way that I see that, that's just another way to try to divide and conquer. Divide and conquer, okay? It's a globalist agenda. Don't be a part of the hype. Amen. Now, fortunately, I see a lot of blacks that are beginning to think uh, soberly about the issue of what uh, Donald Trump is doing versus all the shit that you hear on the damn news. Yep. Now, if you want to put shit on the news, then put the shit on that the Democratic Party is doing. Damn. And I'm not saying that because I think the Republican Party loves black folks, because I don't. But I'm saying to you, the shit you all worked up about is ignorance. Yep. You get all worked up. You get mad. Somebody pushes your emotional button and you start running off at the mouth like uh, spitting out words like diarrhea that have no factual bearing. So hold off with the hype. okay?
0: So one point that I really want to get across is that the cultural shift, this zeitgeist that we're trying to bring about here in America Um, it's not something that is going to manifest overnight and, uh, it's, it's like it moves in pockets. It's like water seeking the lowest, uh, point in the, the, the ground. Like you spill a glass of water on a tabletop. It doesn't just go in every direction all at the same time. It will follow the grooves of the water and it will slowly permeate throughout. You have enough time to get a towel, but- Think about the spread of knowledge in the same way, because it has to enter into somebody's realm of consciousness. Then they have to digest and understand it. And then they have to go through the process of allowing that knowledge to challenge the fundamental truth of who they are and what they believe. And that's not an easy process. And we've got people out there who have been taught since birth, white people are the enemy. Uh, you know, Asians are the enemy, whoever it might be. And they've been taught to hate. They have been raised in uh, broken homes, uh, homes which, you know, teach only the most basic, basic types of human dignity. And that is prevalent across all cultures, all races, you, you you have really messed up homes where kids are brought up in a, in a place where they shouldn't. And here in America, you compound that with the racial animus that is perpetrated by the mainstream media, and you see exactly what happens. I think Casey said that she had an incident where somebody glared at her when she said, excuse me, I've had that happen to me, too, you know, but— I think that in a situation like that, the best thing you can do is to kill them with kindness, okay? I try to make jokes. I'm like, hey, guys, I'm coming through. I don't know, you know, whatever it might be. But uh, I just, I make a point to treat everybody exactly the same way. And if somebody treats me with disrespect, uh, then unfortunately, that's because they haven't had the opportunity to really get to know their fellow man. They don't know what America is. They don't know what the potential is. And if we can just get over our bullshit, our, our hatred of each other, then wherever we sit on the political spectrum, left, right, center, we can unify against the common enemy. Exactly what he said that globalist agenda because globalism seeks to democratize all people in every country across the board. You know, it is essentially a a socialist paradise. The idea that everyone is equal, equally shitty, basically. All of the money remains in the hands of those oligarchs who are ruling over us. And meanwhile, we're down in the pit sparring with each other, trying to climb above each other like crabs in a bucket to get just a a little bit of a sweeter piece of that BS. When, if we could only help lift each other up, if we could only see who the true enemy was, then we could win. And I think that's where we're at right now. We are moving towards that win. And the... Awakening process takes time, and I've said this so many times, you know, we've been awake a long time, some of us decades, and we've been waiting for a time such as this. Well, that time is now. We're in an amazing point in history, and we are on the cusp of doing something truly, truly great. So, just remember... When you see somebody who's a dick out there in the real world, they probably haven't had the luxury of coming to the realization of exactly what's going on, exactly who they are, exactly what power they might hold. They've done a lot of work to turn us into a society full of sociopaths, narcissists, evil people willing to break crimes, excuse me, break laws, commit crimes. Rob, rape, murder, steal. Faced with just the most horrific indignities you can possibly imagine. This is the world they want for us. And we have to rise above that. We have to be better than that. Okay. Uh, Okay, Zach, here's a question for everybody. How did the black people get here? And when did they come here as slaves? It was long before we were a country. The people responsible aren't here. No, You're, you're absolutely right. And uh, the black people that came here came here in a number of different fashions. Some of them came willingly. Some of them were captured by the, uh, uh, the East India Trading Company, I think the Brits. Uh, some of them were captured by other races and uh, uh, other people of color. Uh, oftentimes, warring tribes in Africa would sell off the losers of a battle. There's a movie called The Woman King that was released not that long ago, and it kind of whitewashes and, you know, no pun intended uh, over this period in history in this African tribe. Uh, They're portrayed as like these female centric warriors who like fought. I think they fought against like the British or something like that, Um, but they were slave traders themselves. So yeah, there there is a lot of waking up that people who believe that the blame for slavery falls only on the shoulders of Europeans. Uh you know, you don't hear these people because because anybody who owned a slave either, you know, was like a first generation American or a second generation American or they came from another country. But you know, those people are gone. If we held Everyone who's alive today, if we held them responsible for the sins of their ancestors, every single one of us would be dead at the end of a rope, right? Am I right? It's just not feasible. And I think for a lot of people, uh, they just need to wake up. Irish slaves in the Philippines. That's correct, Chronoviewer. viewer. Uh, that's something that uh, the people who uphold the, what, what is that, uh, that 1619 project or whatever it is, they conveniently forget about the indentured servitude and the slavery of the Irish people. Uh, the Irish were almost nearly exterminated by the British. You know, the, uh, the potato famine, the Great Potato Famine, uh, that's something that uh, always fascinated me when I was a child. Uh, I thought to myself, learning about it, you know, as a young man, uh, even younger than than a young man, I mean, I was, you know, maybe 10 or 11, 12 when I first learned about it. I was like, why is it that the only, the Irish only had potatoes to eat? What happened to all the other food? I did a great interview a couple of times uh, with uh, Chris. Oh, gosh, I can't remember Chris's last name, but he wrote uh, an incredible book, detailing the truth of the, uh, the the Great Potato Famine. It's essentially a genocide perpetrated against the people of, the native people of Ireland. The reason they only had potatoes to eat is because the British came in and stole their grain, took their sheep, took every other source of food they have, leaving them only potatoes. So when the potatoes went bad because there was a blight, these people were left to starve. It's horrible. I'll I'll see if I can get... Um, no, Spike, you know. Neither do I. I don't think anybody here believes in inherited generational guilt. doesn't make any sense. It's ridiculous. Uh, I am not responsible for the sins of my father, my brother, or anyone else other than me. So these poor white farmers of South Africa... Uh, they are being attacked. They're being murdered. I brought you numerous stories uh, about the uh, the horrible truths of what's happening in South Africa. This is uh, something that was released not that long ago, back in July, but I didn't play it at the time. Um, and so now I'm going to go ahead and play it. This is a um, a political rally. South Africa's black party sings, kill the boar, which is kill the whites, kill the white farmer. And what happened? Well, the people who follow these monsters went out and killed the whites.
3: (laughs) The team. Shoot to kill. Kill the poor, the farmer. The poor, the brr, pa, pa, brr, pa. Uh,
0: that is the characteristic burr of a automatic weapon. Brr. I mean, he's, he's just describing in detail how people, South Africans, should be killing the whites. And there are so many instances of people having their land stolen, being murdered, uh, you know, just th- the worst possible things you can imagine. I-, I have urged any white residents of South Africa to attempt to leave. But the really, wow, what happened with this chat? Like, all of a sudden, it just went went wild. Um, the problem is that white South Africans cannot get refugee status by going to another country because no country will accept them simply because they're white. So it basically leaves them uh, a homeless and, uh, and, and landless nation. And the white South Africans uh, essentially have no system of recourse. I mean, this is like the, the, the party that's in power is out there urging its followers a stadium full of people to engage in genocide. That's not what we stand for. Not at all. All right. Before we end today, guys, we're going to close out on the contents of Joe Biden's email account because the numerous aliases we learned about in the last week have led us down a period of discovery through a series of rabbit holes. And One such rabbit hole that we went down led us to some startling conclusions about Joe and Hunter's business practices and their combined knowledge of Hunter Biden's overseas foreign business dealings, such as in Ukraine. So on May 26th, 2016, Right at the tail end of Barack Obama's presidency, Joe Biden is really getting things kicked off. He's making sure that he is prepared to make money hand over fist. He's going to be out of the White House and it's going to be all bets off. He's going to be able to make as much money as he can. So Hunter Biden gets clued in on this email chain. What was it about? Well, it was regarding Joe Biden's upcoming call, a telephone call, with the then president of Ukraine, Petro Poroshenko. Now, Poroshenko uh, was the individual who fired Viktor Shokin at the behest of Joe Biden. This was a call that was scheduled at 9 a.m. on May 27th with an 8.45 advanced prep. That means that everybody shows up 15 minutes early, so we know what the talking points are going to be. Now, Joe Biden has said since the beginning that he had no involvement with Hunter Biden's business deals. If that's the case, then tell me why Hunter Biden would be included on a government call between his father and Petro Poroshenko. This appears to me to be yet another compelling piece of proof showing that Joe and Hunter knew everything about each other's business. Hunter was clued in on everything happening in the White House. The White House was clued in on everything happening in Hunter Biden's bank account. So thank God we've got the House Oversight Committee. They reported on two emails that were sent from Joe Biden's aide, John Flynn to then President Biden and his son Hunter on May 27th, 2016 and June 15th, 2016. So the email that was just released earlier uh, is from May 26th, 2016, and it was sent from Joe Biden's secret email account, uh, which would be the Robert L. Peters at PCI.gov. It was sent to Joe Biden's secret account. Where he used that synonym, Robert L. Peters. Warrior Mima says, "Hi, Zach. I hope you don't get too much of a Uh So far, so good on the West Coast. Much love. Good. I'm glad to hear it. It looks to me like it's it's going to be uh, fairly mild by the time it gets here. But you know, God sometimes has uh, different plans for us. So here's the uh, here's the email uh, from John Flynn, the office, the Executive Office of the Vice President." Uh, he sends it out to Robert Peters and Hunter Biden, because, of course, you couldn't have Hunter Biden copied on an email to Joe Biden's official White House account. I mean, that might be a little too overt, letting people know that, yeah, Joe and Hunter are on the exact same page when it comes to these foreign business dealings, these pay to play schemes, the trading of policy for hard earned cash. Well, I guess not so hard earned In the case of the Bidens. But uh, we have the actual readout of the call, uh, and it discusses uh, that that time, Vice President Biden speaking with Petro Poroshenko, uh, the White House, um, um, I guess, press release on it, curiously doesn't mention Hunter Biden's presence on that call. Don't you think that would be something of note? But uh, the vice president called to congratulate Petro Poroshenko on the release of Ukrainian pilot and RADA member Nadia Savinchko, uh, and called for the release of all Ukrainians unlawfully detained in Russia. Uh, they discussed the importance of continuing to institute reforms in the Office of the Prosecutor General, which was where Viktor Shokin worked, and the significance of Ukraine's progress toward implementing judicial reforms and meeting IMF conditions. Both men condemned the increasing attacks by combined Russian separatist forces in eastern Ukraine. That was the Donbotsk and Luhansk. These are the separatist breakaway republics. And they reaffirmed the continuing need moving forward on Minsk implementation. They also condemned Russia's persecution of Crimean Tartars. That absolutely never actually happened. And the Minsk Accords uh, were... Basically, a means to get Putin to to stay busy for a couple of years, believing that the West and Ukraine wanted peace. So as a result of this email, we can prove a couple of things, very important things that are going to be important when it comes to the oversight investigations and perhaps legal investigations in the future. It shows that Joe and Hunter were working together when it comes to this international bribery scheme and all of their illicit business dealings in Ukraine, uh, it also proves that Joe Biden lied about not having any involvement with Hunter Biden's business dealings. And it shows that Joe was actively working to hide these communications from the public and from any government watchdogs. This should be ample cannon fodder for Republicans investigating, if they truly are. Now, it looks like they are, but I don't know how far it's going to go. I don't want a dog and pony show. I don't want them to parade a bunch of talking heads on Fox News and make it seem as if they're investigating criminal actions because we know these things took place every single day. It's a new Biden scandal, and it should be reported by every single media outlet in America. And maybe, maybe now it might begin to get just a little bit more real because the National Archives has discovered over 5,000 emails that contain the secret email alias addresses used by Joe Biden. Uh, Thanks to a FOIA request, they found 5,138 email messages and 25 electronic files all pertaining to Joe Biden's pseudonyms, Robin Ware 456 at gmail.com, JRB at gmail.com, and Robert L. Peters at PCI.gov. So uh, the conservative activist group Southeastern Legal Foundation received this response to their request from the National Archives just this past Monday. So uh, the 5,000 pages, as far as I'm aware, have not been fully released yet. But you can bet that when they do, we're going to be pouring through every single copy. And I certainly cannot wait. Yes. Well, Lieutenant Cooker, yeah, I'm not surprised that Joe Biden lied. I already knew that Joe Biden lied. But you see, us having that knowledge out here in the real world, Uh, diggers on the internet that's different from having evidence proven through official government sources that the things we've been saying about Joe Biden are true. The burden of proof in terms of a legal investigation, that is what I'm excited about. And that is what I think holds power in regards to this discussion and this argument. So let me go ahead and say thank you Everyone, for hanging out with us, Esther says, RP mom, in case I miss you tomorrow, thank you for giving life to Zach. You mean so much to us. We appreciate your family. You are so sweet. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, let me also say thank you to uh, LKW Cross. Thank you for dropping some shades over on Pilled. Polly 9363, thank you for the cookie. Filter Dog One says, Stay safe. We need your voice. Doug Simey, thank you for the shades. Porpoiseful says, thank you for all you do, Zach. FilterDog1 says, Maui depends on tourism. The rest of the island is open. Only small area of Lahaina is closed. Okay, that, that's good to know. Uh so yes uh continue on it, it, like I said it, I just I, I wouldn't feel right personally uh, but if I was going I would want to make sure that I was specifically working to help people but it it's it's true you know there is a an entire island uh that uh depends on tourism so definitely keep it up uh ball says happy birthday eve zach thank you for that filter dog one says maui has 735 square miles only lahaina off limits around two acres that's an excellent point yes um and then sean joe thank you for the cookie uh just duckies says those maui police sound like literal thought police i think that is exactly what they are filter dog one thank you for another cookie Boise Blanc 89, thank you for that cookie. John Smith, thank you for the shades. Sean Joe, appreciate the cookie. Boise Blanc, thank you for that cookie. And Nikaz808 says, take care and stay safe. Enjoying your news channel on my lunch break. Thank you very much for hanging out with us. Thank you for the kind words in the chat. Thank you for all of the support of uh... (laughs) someone just disputed a charge to my publication. Um, Okay, and uh, I'll go ahead and... uh... Mentioned that with Susan, Susan, I don't know, um, I don't know why you did that. I'll, I'll, I'll fix it though, and uh, then hopefully you can remove the chargeback because they're going to charge me sixteen dollars for that chargeback. Um, I don't know what you uh, uh, signed up for to support me, but. Uh, If you don't want to support me, I can take care of that for you directly. If you're watching, you can email me at redpill78 at protonmail.com. Please, if anyone has any suspicious charges or they think that they did not mean to initiate a charge because, believe me, every single charge has to be initiated on purpose, uh, then you can just contact me directly and I'll take care of it for you. So, all right, you guys. Thank you for being here. Good luck. God bless. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay safe, and if you're in the path of the hurricane, uh, hunker down. Bye-bye. for a good note to end today's show. Thank you so much, buddy. Appreciate you. Love you all. Good luck.